everyone and welcome back to Chronic Pain and Paranoia. Look at us back in a, in a week. Wow, not this is, months. <laughs> this is really exciting. Mm-hmm. I hope you guys are excited. Um, so Emily, do you want to introduce today's topic? Yeah. Smoke. <laughs> so if you missed it at the um, end of our last episode, if you haven't listened to it, you should listen to it. I thought it was super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, a little gross, but it was cool. I liked it. Um, but at the end, we chose a random word from a word generator to base this week's op- episode off of, and it was smoke. Yes. So we'll see what we come up with. Neither of us know what the other one chose, so I'm, ex- <laughs> I'm excited to see what you chose. Also, Mine's pretty predictable. I'd like to point out that the fire alarm did go off before this episode. I oh just my gosh, realized yeah. that. I burned a candle, and apparently this room doesn't like candles. <sighs> That's really appropriate, though. Yeah, it worked. I'm just... <laughs> I'm glad it didn't go off during the episode. Knock on wood. Well, it's burned out now, so... Burned. Yeah. It's okay. It's fine. That's actually really funny. <laughs> Alright, Emily. How would you rate your pain today? Mm, like a six and a half. I'm mostly just tired mixed in with a little migraine in my teeth. Okay. You know, it really good. threw me off that you used a number. <laughs> I was like, what? I said, I'm too tired to think yeah. of one. Six and a half. That's fair. Okay, yeah. Um, today I feel like three raccoons in a trench coat. I feel that one. Um, cause like, okay, let's think about this for a second. Raccoons are nocturnal. It's daytime. So I'm really tired. Mm-hmm. And just like, confused. I feel that on a deep personal note as well. Yeah. And, like, not very stable. <laughs> kind of like, yeah, three stacked. raccoons are, like, trying to balance on each other. Yeah. yeah. I don't have, like, one symptom I can pinpoint. I just feel kind of gross. I get that. I've brushed my teeth, like, six times today just because I feel gross. Yes. I brushed my teeth before I left because I was like, this is not okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's wrong, but okay. It's been a day. We're yeah. always on the same wavelength. Yeah. We're always tired at the same time. Yeah. I guess we have chronic fatigue, though. I'm just tired. Do you have chronic fatigue? Probably. Okay. I'm just always tired. I feel like, well, then, yeah. (laughs) But, like, I don't know if it's chronic. I don't know if it's, like... I feel like I've been tired for three years. I've been tired my whole life. Yeah. (laughs) That's fair. I'm always catching up on sleep. Mm -hmm. Like, always. (laughs) I'll be like, oh, I need to sleep in after that weekend of sleeping in. Oh, 100%. Yeah, I've been sleeping, like, garbage this week. Yeah. Garbage. This week has been garbage. Just a little. I'm not going into the office. It's not happening. (laughs) Anyway, so let's get our disclaimer out of the way really quick. This podcast contains sensitive materials such as violence, murder, paranormal activity, and other adult topics, so listener discretion is advised. While we do research all of our episodes, we are just two Emilys with a microphone and a passion for all things spooky. Take it with a grain of salt. All of our sources will be linked in the show notes. Maybe. Okay. Uh, who should go first this time? Um, I can go first this time. Mine's a little smaller, so. Okay. Probably a lot smaller. So, I couldn't think of anything directly correlating to smoke. And so I said, what about the Smoky Mountains? Okay. So that's where I went I like that it. One. Um, I didn't go paranormal. I stayed on the true crime. Really? Yes. That's a little surprising for you, Emily. Seriously. I feel like the Smoky Mountains have, like, a lot of stuff going on. It's because they're a part of the Appalachian Mountains. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. But... I couldn't find anything specific other than weird TikToks that I've seen. So. Where even are the Smoky Mountains? Um. Peace and love. I know where the Rockies are, if that counts. Not quite. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the park. So the Great Smoky Smoky Mountains National Park is, it's in North Carolina and Tennessee. Oh, okay. It's like a very southern part. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm struggling. Well, (laughs) Geography's Um, hard, Emily. The English language is hard. That's fair. Doing anything is hard today. (laughs) Uh, So my story is about the disappearance of Dennis Martin. 
Okay. It's the most extensive search in the park's history. Oh, wow. It involved approximately 1,400 searchers in a 56-square-mile area. That's crazy. That's a whole, like, small town. Yeah. So, I'll just get into it. Dennis Lloyd Martin was born June 20th, 1962, and disappeared on June 14th in 1969. So, he was a resident of Knoxville and was visiting the Great Smoky Mountains National Park along with his father and grandfather, older brother, on Father's Day weekend in 1969. The camping trip was a family tradition for the Martins. They hiked from Cades Cove to Russell's Field and camped overnight. The next day, they hiked into... Spence Field near the Appalachian Trail, where they planned to spend the night. Martin disappeared on June 14th. It gives a specific military time, 1630. I don't want to figure it out, so figure it out yourself if you want. <laughs> um, while planning on surprising the adults with his brother and the other children from a separate family they were camping with, he was last seen by his father going behind a bush to hide, intending on surprising the adults with the other children. Gotcha. After not seeing him for about five minutes... And when all the other children had returned returned to the campsite, his father became concerned and began searching for him. His father ran down the trail for nearly two miles. He was sure he could not have gotten any farther. After several hours, they sought help from the National Park Service Rangers. That's crazy. Literally five minutes. Mm-hmm. By the way, 1600 is four o'clock. Thank you. Yeah. I did not want to do that math. I have to do it for work sometimes. I know. I just subtract it's yeah it's i was sitting here thinking for a minute mm-hmm. and i didn't want to interrupt you it's all good um so the area where martin disappeared is marked by steep slopes and ravines wild animals such as copperhead snakes bears feral hogs bobcats the worst what have you yeah a downpour broke out shortly after martin's disappearance dropping three inches of rain in a matter of hours oh geez so it washed out all the trails and caused yeah. streams to flood Wow, three inches is a lot. Mm-hmm. And the temperatures also dropped to nearly 50 degrees Fahrenheit. 10 Celsius, if it matters to you. That's bad. Yeah. Wait, is he seven? Like, how old is he? Six. Six? Yeah. Okay. Okay. He's little. Oh, poor buddy. I don't... The way that he went missing is so weird. Like, he just hid it behind is. a bush. And then he was and, gone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are we sure this isn't paranormal? Not 100%. Okay. Some people think it could be. Because it's weird. Because it's Appalachia. It's weird. Things go on in that forest. Because it's so big. Yeah. Are there feral people in those woods? I don't know about the Smoky Mountains. Also, I nodded. Forgetting that this is like an audio thing. I was gonna tell them that you nodded. (laughs) Listen. Don't worry, guys. We'll do a video format eventually. Yeah. Hopefully, we can figure out how to edit it. <laughs> um, so, during the investigation, um, there was a separate search by, search by the National Guard and Special Forces, and they found no trace. Heavy rains during the first day's search and heavy mist in the next day's hampered efforts. Up to 1,400 people were involved in the search, potentially occurring, obscuring possible clues. Yeah. So, because everyone went in so fast, it was like... Uh, yeah. It's kind of harming more than doing good. Mm-hmm. I didn't think about that. Yeah. So footprints were found in the area, but dismissed as being Martins and determined by park officials to have been left by Boy Scouts participating in the search. The child-sized footprints led to a stream where they disappeared. The tracks indicated that one on foot was that one foot was barefoot, while the other was an Oxford. Um, the shoe that he was wearing. Maybe don't let kids help in his search for someone who's missing who could potentially be dead just a thought just a thought peace and love boys and also confuse the authorities Mm-hmm. it was 1969 though so it's like okay all will calm down yeah things were weird back then so retired park ranger and author dwight mccarter believes that the prince likely belonged to martin as the tracks were not part of a group and none of the boy scouts were searching for him They weren't barefoot. Gotcha. Well, obviously. Well, I would hope. I would hope hope not. not. (laughs) But, like, boys. So, (laughs) a shoe and a sock were also found, 
By June 22nd, 56 square miles of ground had been covered. More than a thousand searchers continued to look until June 26th when the search was cut back. The search was abandoned on June 29th after a last search. The search was officially closed, closed down on September 14th, 1969. As of 2021, it's still the largest search in the history of the Great Smoky, ne- Smoky Mountains National Park. Interesting. Yeah. Why so would he like, take off his shoe? It was raining and it was cold. Well, like the sock too? Mm Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah. So after this, Dennis's father offered a 5,000 equivalent to 3,600 in 2021. Bruh. Reward. Inflation is crazy. It's probably even more now. Probably. It's a billion dollars now. (laughs) (laughs) It's a billion dollars. Oh my Uh, gosh. So psychics, including some person, offered clues, but nothing was found. A few years later, a hunter claimed to have discovered the scattered skeletal remains of a small child in a big hollow. Oh, Oh, that's sad. In big hollow. The big hollow. My bad. Um, He kept the find to himself until 1985 because of the fear that he would be prosecuted for the illegal... Well, now he looks worse. Yeah. A subsequent search turned up nothing. The unsuccessful search for Martin led the National Park Service to review and amend its policies on searches for missing people. That's, yeah. Because, like, he went missing, a bunch of people came in. Ruined all the evidence. We don't have evidence now. So. Man. There are theories, though. There are three main theories. Mm Mm-hmm. The first is that he became lost and perished from exposure on... Or some other cause, likely during the first night, which is the most probable because yeah. it's it just like, stinks that they can't find him. Mm-hmm. It's weird that it was like in the first twenty-four hours there was nothing. Literally, his dad turned away for five minutes. Mm-hmm. That's heartbreaking. Didn't even really turn around. It's just like he's behind the bush waiting to jump out. Yeah, it all seems like wrong place, wrong time. Mm-hmm. The second theory is that he was attacked by a hungry bear or feral pig and was carried off. I've also heard that people think it was a bobcat because they've like gone back up and down the trail and found bobcat stuff, but it's no not unlikely. Evidence. Yeah, it just if it was an animal, you figured they'd see it by then. Like if he got mauled mm-hmm. or something, there would be stuff left. Animals don't really clean up evidence. Pigs do. So I could see pigs doing it. Pigs will eat everything. That's true. Pigs are weird like that. Mm Mm-hmm. I feel like they don't usually go out of their way to kill people, though. No, they don't. So it's like, eh. Yeah. And then the third theory is that he was abducted and taken out of the park by something or someone. His father was a prominent of the third theory. On the afternoon that Martin disappeared, tourist Harold Key and his family heard an enormous sickening scream. And shortly thereafter, witnessed an unkept, rough-looking man running up the trail near where the scream had come from. Ew. Yeah. <laughs> Key looked on as the man got into a white car and abruptly spit off in it. Park rangers at the f- and the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the FBI, you could just say FBI, <laughs> concluded that there was insufficient evidence to link the sighting of Martin's disappearance, particularly given that Key's sighting was approximately five miles from where Martin disappeared. The exact time of the sighting to be unknown and the lack of trails in between the two sites yeah i guess yeah i didn't think about there being other campsites around Mm -hmm. but like that's a really easy if someone if a sick person you know who's interested in harming children noticed that there were children in this campsite they would have been watching and then they would have saw when he separated from the group yeah and taken the opportunity yeah. That's also, really not far off. It's weird for him to have, like, the kid himself to have gotten, like, five miles by himself. Yeah, he's six. In the direction that people are at. Like, have you ever tried to take a small child to the mall? <laughs> like, it's like that with trees. <laughs> they can't walk that far. <laughs> I don't know, I a six-year-old could go pretty far, I think though. it makes the most sense that he was snatched by someone yeah because there's no other evidence like it rained a few Mm. hours after so it's like uh, yeah i just don't see him getting lost that quickly and then not being able to 
Because everyone, his dad started looking immediately. Mm-hmm. I think he got caught. Probably, most likely. Poor buddy. Someone using a stream or something. Or the and feral like, people. It wasn't dark yet. I don't think it could have been a Bigfoot. That's not shame. Snatch. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I feel like they usually try to stay away from people. I don't yeah. think they like us very much. Which, I, like, fair. Yeah. I don't think they like kids. Fair. I think. I don't, I don't, I'm not super fond of them either. They're okay. Peace and love. I love my nieces and nephews, but I have It's time. different when you're, like, connected to them. Yeah. It's, like, time on it. Yeah, but, that's fair. Yeah. Anyways, that was a mess of a story, but that was that. Man. I feel like I've heard of a similar one before. I, I think we saw one on TikTok. That was, like, a Boy Scout yeah, with that a sock. One. That's what I thought it was at first. But it's kind of weird that they're so similar. There's so many. It's so weird. So sad. They just... Man, that kids can just go missing. I know. People are terrible. Everything's terrible. The world is terrible. Good, but terrible. Yeah. That was a good use of, of your topic. Thank you. Mine is very much on the nose. I love this. I'm ready. Let me get comfortable. So, I'm going to tell you a story about the Iroquois Theater Fire. I think that's how you say it. Okay. So, this happened in 1903 in Chicago. Do you I know what this I is? I think I know this one. I think okay. I've seen that's Ghost okay. Adventures do their ghost hunt. I don't remember yes. anything about it, but I remember that, like, I don't want to spoil this it. This is a common place where people do ghost tours. Like, they run ghost tours. Mm-hmm. And, like, people go ghost hunting at this place. Yes. So, it's not far off that, like, you would have heard of it. But I just thought it was a perfect opportunity to talk about it, given our topic. I'm closing my glasses. Okay. Yes. Alright. So, on a chilly Chicago winter day, December 30th, 1903, the ornate five-week-old Iroquois theater was filled with teachers, mothers, and children enjoying their holiday break. They had gathered to see Mr. Bluebeard. Um, just... What? <laughs> that's the that's the play they were seeing. Okay. And it had um, a famous actor at the time. He was in it. His name was Eddie Foy. I've never heard of him. Nope. I just want to mention here that this, was, this play was actually based off of a famous serial killer at the time. Isn't that crazy? Do you know who this serial killer was? I don't remember. Also, but my words are being slurred. I apologize. I think it's that guy who had a murder hotel. Oh. He's known as America's first serial killer. Yeah. In Chicago. I'm, I think that might be what it is. Okay. But I just thought it was interesting that people have been fascinated by serial killers for, like, ever. Ever. Because yeah. why? Why do they do that? Anyway. Mm-hmm. So... It featured people masquerading as animals and a suspended ballerina. So it was like a really huge production. This was the first production in the theater. There was a crowd, more than 1,700 patrons. Um, And you know, at the end of this, one third of them would be gone. Yikes. A third. Uh, That's a lot of people. Yeah, that's a lot. So... This is really bad. Anyway, so as the show began its second act at 3.15 that afternoon, a spark from a stage light ignited nearby drapery. I actually found a picture of the actual stage light, so I might post it on Instagram because I thought it was cool. Yeah. Well, in a way. (laughs) So attempts to stamp out the fire with a primitive retardant did nothing to stop the spread across the flammable decorative backdrops. So the backdrops are all made of canvas. It's gonna go up fast. By the way, paint was probably a lot more flammable back then. Oh too. yeah. When they say like a, f- um, someone try to put it out with like fire retardant or whatever, the theater had a designated fireman who, like, worked there. Nice. And they're like, okay, listen. 
So you're gonna have this kind of like primitive fire extinguisher thing, but all you do is chuck the canister at the base of the fire and it'll like explode. Oh, okay. Which I was, is, just, was just thinking which like is a sick. <laughs> I thought it was just like a modern day fire, like a. But like it didn't work. Yeah, you just throw it and it just like rolls across the stage. Yeah, it didn't work because it went up the curtains too fast. Okay. So, yeah, anyway. Yikes, that is sad. So this famous actor, Foy, attempted to calm down the audience. He ordered the orchestra to continue playing as stagehands made futile attempts to lower a supposedly fire-retardant curtain, but it snagged. It didn't fully come down. So they thought at this point it would be fine, and he even started, like, singing them a song. It was like, guys, it's okay. And, like, later he was actually, like, commended for his efforts to, like, try to keep people calm in the situation so they could get out safely. Yeah. Which, like, okay. Anyway. I mean, yeah. I do want to mention a thing about this fire retardant um, curtain. Okay. So later, they figured out the curtain was made of asbestos and wood pulp. (laughs) No wonder it went up in flames! It, like, lit on fire so fast. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Um, yeah. Literal asbestos. That's, Isn't that crazy? That's so good for them. So, Not- at, at this point, many of the patrons on all levels were attempting to flee the theater. So, I'll mention here, the theater was three levels, and the only thing that connected these three levels was a huge staircase. Mm-hmm. Um, not recommended. No. So some had found the fire exits hidden behind draperies on the north side of the building, but they found that they could not open the unfamiliar locks. So from what I understand, they were literal European locks. So these poor Chicago people were like, what even are these? How do I do this? Yeah. Um, and like I said, the... A lot of the exits were covered by curtains for aesthetic purposes. Oh, the asbestos. So they couldn't see them. Also, the power's out. Oh, so it's dark, too. The backup power didn't work. They can't see. This is just messy. It's, this it is gets, messy. It gets worse. Oh, no. So one patron defied an usher who refused to open a door. Yep. Uh, he was able to open the door because his ice box at home had a similar lock. Another door was forced open. Um, a third door opened either by brute force or by a blast of air. But most of the other doors could not be opened. Yikes. So we have like three or four doors that are open at this point. And, and there's 1,700 people. 1,700 people, people yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of the patrons panicked, crushing or trampling others in a desperate attempt to escape from the fire. Many were killed while trapped in dead ends or trying to open what looked like doors with windows in them were actually only windows. So that's sad. Um, yeah. Also, most of the exit were covered by curtains for aesthetics, like I mentioned. Mm-hmm. All the doors also <laughs> only opened inwards. What? So as people piled against them trying to get out, they only became more impossible to open. Oh my gosh, and, they kept getting jammed. Yes, and if someone got the door open, the people on the other side of the door crushed them in the door. Oh, So. Yikes. <laughs> so, the dancers on the stage were forced to flee along with the performers backstage and the numerous dressing rooms. Several performers and stagehands facilitated an, an escape, goodness, through the building's main rear exit which consisted of unusually large set of <laughs> stock double doors that would have normally served the purpose of uh, moving large fly sceneries and set pieces or props to the backstage area. Mm-hmm. So, huge doors. Huge doors. Anyway. When this was open, an icy blast of wind rushed inside, because they're huge doors. Mm-hmm. Um... This was made worse by the fact that the vents on the stage were nailed or wired shut. Um, so okay. that was supposed... So the vents are supposed to be there in case of something like this, so air can go up. Uh-huh. So this forced a fireball straight out into the theater. What? And, like, 
a lot of people were instantly killed. Yeah. Why were they wired shut? Who thought that was a good idea? Good question. So, those in the orchestra section exited into the foyer and out the front door, but those in the dress circle and gallery, those are different levels. Okay. Um who escaped the fireball could not reach the few people who did escape the fireball. <laughs> they couldn't reach the foyer because the stairwells were blocked by high layers of fallen people. Ooh. This is getting bad fast. So yeah, this there, happened very fast. There were also iron gates on some of the doors and staircases. Okay. Um, and that was so they could be closed during performances to prevent patrons in the cheaper seats from sneaking downstairs to the more expensive lower seats. So that barred the secondary stairways that were still in place, but the first resp- first responders found that the very, very few people even made it to the gates. Is basically what it's saying. So that happened, like, extremely fast and everyone was just trying to get their way yeah. out. The largest death toll was at the base of the stairways where hundreds of people were trampled, crushed, or asphyxiated by other people and smoke. Yikes. Patrons who were able to escape via the emergency exits on the north side found themselves on fire escapes, one of which was improperly installed, causing people to trip upon exiting the fire escape door. Many jumped or fell from the icy narrow fire escape steps to their deaths. The bodies of the first jumpers broke the fall of those who followed them. That also, is gruesome. That was the only fire escape that was installed, and it was installed wrong. The other ones, nothing. So they just fell out. Oh. This is why we have codes now. This is literally the, ex- the exact fire that made the fire code. I can see why. <laughs> <coughs> She's dying. Emily cut out my coughing. (laughs) She said no. I said we're going to leave that in there. Students from the Northwestern University building north of the theater try bridging the gap of the two buildings with a ladder and then some boards between the rooftops, making, um, and they, so they made a bridge. Mm -hmm. And they, they did save a few people, but a few people did fall because Because it was a little scared and it's a sketchy bridge. Yeah, but like... That's so sad. That is sad. You're just trying just to these, get your way out. These students just, like, trying to help them. hmm So, the Iroquois had no fire alarm box or telephone. The, Chic- <laughs> the Chicago Fire Department's Engine 13 was alerted to the fire by a stagehand who had been ordered to run from the burning theater to the nearest firehouse. On the way to the scene at approximately 3.33 p.m., a member of Engine 13 activated an alarm box to call additional units. By the way, this whole thing started at 3.15. First of all, props to the guy that ran that, that way. Yes. This all happened in, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. Which is crazy. What the heck? So, initial efforts focused on the people trapped on the fire escapes. Um, aerial ladders could not be used in the alley. And um, black nets were also not being able able to use, so, like, the blankets that you jump on, mm-hmm. because the smoke was concealing them, because they were black. Oh. So that's dumb. Yeah. Um, the, Chica- the Chicago Police Department became involved when an officer patrolling the theater district saw people emerging from the building in a panic, some with clothing on fire. The officer called in from a police box on Ralph Randolph Street, and police summoned by whistles soon converged on the scene to control traffic and aid with the evacuation. Some of the city's 30 uninformed police matrons were called in because of the number of female casualties. So, just to remind you, this the theater was filled with women and children. Yes. Because they literally marketed this theater to be for women and children. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yikes. So, let's talk about... What happened because of this? First of all, 600 people ended up dying. 100 of those were people who succumbed to their wounds afterwards. That's a lot. 
Yeah, 600. So, have you heard of the Great Chicago Fire? Mm-hmm. Where, like, most of Chicago burned down? Yeah. Um, 300 people died in that. This was what? a single building. So, obviously, we're saying to ourselves, like, how did it get this bad, right? Yeah. First of all, I'm gonna mention what happened because of this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the fire codes we have now. Yeah. So, most standing room is not a thing anymore. Because of this, um, building and fire codes were reformed. Um, theaters were closed for retrofitting all around the country and even in Europe. Good. All theater exits had to be clearly marked, and the doors configured that so that even if they could not be pulled open from the outside, they could be pushed open from the inside. Okay. So that's good. Yeah. And that's every single public building now, not just theaters. Mm-hmm. So... Think about that. <laughs> Every time you push open a door. You're like, oh, yes. So, let's talk about what made this worse than it needed to be. Yeah, I was like, hold on. So, skylights on the roof of the stage, which were intended to open automatically during a fire and allow smoke and heat to escape, were fastened closed. Mm-hmm. They said, the wires. They said, you don't need those. Um, the curtain was not tested. <laughs> and I got stuck when the theater personnel tried to lower it. The curtain was not fireproof. It was made of it was asbestos interwoven with wire and, you know, you wood, know wood pulp. Some of the most flammable this stuff. Was, this was tested by a, um, a chemist, so I'm not just saying this. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, if the curtain hadn't been deployed, um, the fireball wouldn't have been as bad. Because it kind of changed the airflow. Oh. So. Also, there were no exit signs mm-hmm. on the fire es- escape exits, and the doors were concealed behind drapery. Yeah. On the ground floor, the drapery was intact after the fire, but in the balconies, the drapery was destroyed by the fireball. So that's how they knew it was there and stuff. But. Oh. That also tells you how bad this was. Yeah. Cannot imagine. Theater staff had never had a fire drill. <sighs> They were unfamiliar with the exits, and some refused to open the locked exit doors. Like I, like that one guy yeah. who argued with Usher, like, dude, open the freaking door. I'd be like... There's people on fire. We're opening the door you now. You nutcase. What? You realize what? you're gonna die in here, too. Let everyone out. This is so scary, because, like, dying from, like, burning mm-hmm. is, like, one of the most painful ways to die, and I'm really scared of it. Anyway... So, there was no emergency lighting, um, and also the auditorium lights had been dimmed for the the act that was happening at the time, because it was at night. Like, the act was supposed to be at night. Mm-hmm. Um, the electrical box, the switch box, whatever, mm-hmm. was located directly between the initiation point... Ig- whoa. Initiation? Yes. Ignition? The point of the fire, where it okay. started. Mm-hmm. And it was destroyed soon after the fire happened, darkening the entire auditorium. The only illumination was coming from the flames on stage. Ah. Um, the switchbox was later completely destroyed by the scenery drops, because it collapsed. Yeah. Anyway. Yikes. During performances, some lesser trafficked uh, stairways were blocked with the iron gates. So you can't go steal seats. Um, Had such gates been located at the primary stairways, the death toll would have been higher. So they were on lower U staircases, but like still. Yeah. Anyway. Many of the exit routes were confusing. Doors didn't open. No. There were several ornamental doors, quotation marks, that looked like exits, but were not. 200 people died in one passageway that was not an exit. 200. Did it just stop somewhere? Yeah. There was a fake door. The good old brick wall trick? Yeah, like in Disneyland when there's just like fake doors that you can't open? Like that. That's evil. It was like, oh, this is pretty decoration. Let's just put those on the real doors and move on with our lives. Yeah. Iron fire escapes on the north wall led to at least 125 deaths. People were trapped on all levels because the stairs were icy and narrow. 
and the ladders were dangerous to use because of all the smoke and flames. They were blocking the way down. But yeah, and they also were not installed correctly. Naturally. I just want to mention the the people who made this theater, they marketed it to be completely fireproof. Because theater fires were a problem at this time. So we're like, oh yeah, it's completely fireproof. Uh, now, they did have, like, the fire extinguishers. They had a sprinkler system. They had all of that. None of it was installed. None of it was hooked up. Oh, yeah. So. <laughs> totally fireproof, but we don't have any of it installed, so. After the fire, the fire inspectors, um, <laughs> it was learned that the fire inspectors had been bribed with free tickets to overlook the code violations because they wanted to open the theater sooner. They wanted it open instead of just... Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, a Chicago Fire Department captain uh, made an unofficial tour of the theater days before the official opening, and he noted that there were no sprinklers... No alarms, no telephones, or water connections. The, <laughs> the captain and the theater's firemen discussed the deficiencies. Um, they, did not they did not report the matter directly to the fire chief because they were afraid they would be um, fired. They're fired now? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so the captain reported to another chief who told him that nothing could be done because the theater already had a fireman. What? So, yeah. After this happened, the mayor of Chicago ordered that all of the theaters be closed for six weeks, supposedly to, like, get up to code or at least be respectful. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. Yeah. Everyone fix yourselves. As a result of public outrage, many were charged with crimes, including the mayor, most charges were dismissed three years later because of the delaying tactics of the lawyers and their use of loopholes and inadequacies in the building and safety ordinances. So, what was the mayor charged with? Nothing. Charges were dropped. What was he... What was the crime he committed? I don't know. I think they were just mad at him. Okay. I was like, uh, anything? Yeah. Poor guy wasn't even there. Like, even the architect and, like, the theater um, owners were put on trial and everything was dropped. That's stupid. Because they just, like, delayed it and delayed it and delayed it. That's stupid. So, one person did go to jail, Emily. One person did go to jail. Um, it was, it was a pickpocket who was stealing from dead bodies in the alley. I mean, at least he did go to jail. I thought you were going to tell me That's it was the, the guy. That's the only person, though. Hold on, I need to shift. Yeah. I thought he asleep. Mm -hmm. Okay. At least, I thought you were going to tell me that it was, like, the guy that wasn't letting people out through the doors. And then I got excited. He should be arrested. I think everyone that no, worked several there, people did that. Everyone that worked there should, should go to jail. Oh, yeah. That was terrible. Um, it was... From my understanding, it was purely made to be beautiful. Yeah, that's, fake doors. That's pretty much it. Um, so, you know, as you could assume, the theater that is now in the same place as this theater, that one obviously, like, got demolished. The same theater in, this, in the exact same spot. Very freaking haunted. Mm -hmm. Like, very haunted. If it's the one I'm thinking of, it's the, like, one of the only thermal, like, evidence that Ghost Adventures has ever caught. Interesting. Like, actual, like, you can see the temperature change and you have no yeah. idea. I wouldn't doubt it because of the, just, how much loss of life there was. Yeah. Like, obviously, there's a lot of energy in this place. So... Um, a lot of the people who work there say that they see shadow figures moving up in the balcony. Shadow figures, like, that's a, that's really strong energy. <sighs> um, there's also accounts of encountering people on the back stairs in period-appropriate clothing as to when this happened in okay. the 1900s. Mm -hmm. Um, there was even an actress who, um, she played Elphaba in Wicked, 
at this theater, she experienced a lot there. Like, Mm -hmm. she saw a woman on the back stairs, and she's, like, it was, like, a person. And, like, she was kind of just looking at me, so I nodded at her, and she nodded back. And then, The acknowledgement? Yes, and then, like, walked away and disappeared. Spooky. Yeah, and she also said, like, when she was doing her flying part um, during rehearsal, she saw moving in the balconies and stuff, which is crazy. She also said that the whole time she was there, she could just feel an incredible feeling of sadness in the whole place. Yeah. Which, like, yeah, I honestly don't think there should be a theater there out of respect, or at least a functioning one. I don't think it should be functioning. Like, maybe a museum or something? Yeah. Like, I just feel like it's... Or a park. Disrespectful. But a lot of the activity comes from the alley. Mm -hmm. I think it's literally called, like, Death Alley. Because so many people died right there. And that dude was stealing stuff off people. Yeah. They couldn't... They couldn't... They didn't have the manpower to clear the bodies right away. That's crazy. So, it's, like, a really well-known spot. So... I watched this um, interview with a guy who runs the ghost tours there. He's like, I have a, a friend who has psychic abilities. He will not even come down this alley because he says the energy is too strong. There's so much in the alley. Mm-hmm. Um, he also said a lot of the people who go on his ghost tours get a lot of weird pictures in the alley. Like, that's where they see a lot of shadow, shadow figures in, like, full entities Mm -hmm. which is nuts yeah um so there was a neighboring department store that at the time of the fire they kind of opened their eighth floor as a temporary morgue slash hospital just so they could get the people there quickly that's crazy um it's a macy's now (laughs) let's go to macy's which is crazy so there's actually reports of suicides from the 8th floor since then because of how strong the energy is. Like, it's super freaking haunted. We're not going to Macy's! Um, the employee lockers used to be there, but they since moved them because people were quitting because of how many experiences that were, they were having up there. Mm-hmm. Um, as of 2021, the 8th floor is closed off. Like, they don't even use it anymore. That's crazy. Yeah. So, unfortunately, I don't have a whole, whole lot of, um, definitive ghost stuff. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to find with things like this. Yeah. But that's the, it's the Iroquois Theater Fire. I hope I'm saying it right. I have no idea, but that was a good story. That's crazy. 600 yeah. people. No wonder 600. why it feels so heavy there. Yeah. It... I honestly feel like it's really disrespectful to have a theater there. Yeah, like, let's do something different. I just, I don't know. I just feel like they shouldn't have put anything there. Do you know when it was put there? Um, it's been two theaters since then. Oh, so we've had the opportunity to change it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know when the first one went up, but I know it was not very long after. Okay. Like, I don't even think 10 years. Uh, Like, it was pretty dang soon after. Which, so, from cases like this, it's really easy to find photos for some reason. Mm -hmm. There's photos on photos of just, like, stacked bodies. And there's pictures from when the um, fire department arrived and they opened it. By the time they got there, the fire had put itself out. So they just opened the door, and it was completely silent. And there were just bodies. That's eerie. So the people who got themselves out, the people that were rescued from the fire escapes, that's all the people that survived. That's it. Like, the fire department didn't get anyone out. Oh my gosh. This fire started and ended in about 20 minutes. That's crazy. So, like I mentioned, like, all this, the stage, um, vents and stuff were wired shut and closed. Mm -hmm. That literally created, like, a tinderbox. It was just, like, a little... Of, because there was no airflow. Yeah, it's like a little bubble, and then the 
fire needed someplace to go, so then yeah, they the... opened those giant stage doors, and all that air came in and it roasted everyone. Yep. It's terrible, but this is literally the foundation of our a lot of our fire codes because they did have fire codes at the time, but they just weren't really taken seriously, mm-hmm. and they didn't have the specifics that we do. Like you need like a hardcore sign. specifics. You can't cover your fire exit. So this is the most um, disastrous single building fire in American history. Yeah, I would believe that. Like single building. Yeah. But I'm sure, like, of course, 9-11 is more, but that was two buildings at least. More than two buildings, because then you had the Pentagon and then you had all the buildings surrounding it. Yeah, so. That one's probably the number one, obviously. But I do know it is the biggest theater fire um, in the <laughs> in the world. Oh, like you literally Europe got its fire codes from that too, because they were like, okay, that it, was bad. Yeah, everyone's like, okay. They really set those poor people up for failure. Well, yeah, and some dude was paid off to pretend that. Yeah. Also, the the person who was in charge of the lights. Mm-hmm. He told someone earlier that day that they were having issues with the lights. And they were like, it's fine. And he, that poor guy, he tried to put out the fire and he couldn't. Hmm. If only someone would have listened to him. Yeah. I feel like a lot of the stagehands got out, which is good. The ballerina who was in wires did not get out. Because she was wired. Because she was wired. She wasn't in the air at the time. But she, but she still... couldn't get out. Well, actually, no, she was in there. She fell. Oh, dear. She died from her injuries, like, a day later. Uh, so she survived that whole time? A little. Yeah. In a way. <laughs> well, she survived the 20 minutes. I'm just pulling out all these different facts because I had to stitch together a lot of sources because a lot of them couldn't agree about certain things. Oh, okay. But I pieced together a picture of what they could agree with. <laughs> it's good. It's good. So that was a little heavy. Yeah. But it really makes sense why it's so haunted. Yeah. That was big. Yeah, girl. That's, like, literally my worst nightmare. Yeah. Uh, I, for some reason, it reminds me of the shooting that happened in... The movie theater mm-hmm. in like 2012? Around there. It yeah. was The Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah. It almost it reminds me of that for some reason. I guess because it's a theater. It's a theater traumatic event. Um, Could have been prevented. Hard to get out because there's two or three exits per theater. Yeah. Traumatizing. Traumatizing. So, I mean... This was probably, like, what that was for us. Yeah. Or what 9-11 is to us, because they didn't have one of those yet. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Anyway, hopefully that wasn't too long. It'll be fine. <laughs> My story was, like, five minutes. I think that's, it's just really interesting. Yeah. Like, how could you get something so wrong? A lot of people compare it to the Titanic... Because they said the Titanic was unsinkable, and then it sunk. Yeah. And then this one, they're like, it's fireproof, and then... Doesn't put any of the fireproof of, stuff in there. One of the worst fires in history. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, they literally just slapped that label on there, like, it's fine. No, it's not fine. Terrible. Horrible. I think they did have every intention of making it fireproof, but they rushed the opening. They wanted it open right then and there. They wanted it open for the holiday season. That's, that's literally why. To make that money. Terrible. I hate corporate greed. Yep. Capitalism. <laughs> anyway. Um, thanks for listening to my story. Should Good we story. choose a theme for next week? Oh, yeah. Do you want a word generator again, or do you have a specific word? Let me try to see if I can pull something from my brain. It would be fun to do something... I don't know. Cryptid related. I don't know. We can do cryptid. We can do cryptid? (laughs) Just cryptid. But we've done our favorites. There's more out there. 
the most random cryptid, the funniest cryptid you can the find. The most obscure cryptid? Yes. Okay, done. I can do that. Does it have to be... Can it be a creepypasta? Yeah. It like can be anything thing. you want. Like something fake. Yeah. Like the smile dog. Could Slenderman be considered a cryptid now? Or is he just a internet entity? I don't Have know. you heard about the AI cryptid? Yes. What oh my gosh, that? I was like scanning my this... brain for all the AI information I've been reading. I feel like I might have sent it to you. I definitely thought about it. Is it the one where it like it's goes like through a... when it pulls up the videos? Like It's like a lady. And the eyes are so weird because they're the yes. same every single yes. time. Okay, we're not going to cover that yes. one. Because but... she hasn't done anything. It's just this weird AI thing that keeps coming up. It's consistent. It's consistently creepy. Yeah, those pictures, like, give me chills. There's Ew. something wrong there. Ew. Yuck. Anyway, um, go look up a picture of that. Look up AI cryptid. It's disgusting. It's it's a lady. You'll know it when you see it. You'll look at it and you'll say, yes, that's exactly what they were talking about. Yes. So, next week we're gonna do... Cryptids. Cryptids. Specifically obscure and or silly... Yeah. <laughs> I'm already thinking of something. I'm already excited. This is... Yes, we need a lighter episode in here somewhere. Yes. Alright, thank you everyone for joining uh, joining us for this very somber episode. My energy was low today, but you know what? It's fine. Mine was too, and then our stories were pretty sad. Yeah. It's okay, we'll make up for it next week though. Not many giggles in there, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to not giggle at true crime. Okay? Correct. I'm looking at you freaking... What's his name? The people who glorify... Oh, Jeffrey Dahmer? Jeffrey Dahmer. I'm looking at those girlies. Absolutely not. Do not dress your child up as Jeffrey Dahmer for Halloween. Or I will come after you. He literally murdered and ate people. Can you not get that through your thick skull? Listen, I'm not for bullying, but I will bully you if you do that. I will too. I just did. I will continue to bully you if you do that. Just because you're interested in them does not mean it is okay to glorify them. No. Okay? No. And that's where we draw the line. Maybe we'll do an episode on that someday. Just like the ethics of some true crime people. That would be interesting. Just don't dress your children up as Jeffrey Yeah, Dahmer. maybe don't. Don't do that. Anyways. Do people like that have ethics? Like, probably not. No. Anyway. <laughs> at least empathy. I hope, okay. you, I hope you guys had as good of a time as you could have. Yes. It was good history. Yes. Uh, Plug in your heating pads. Take your meds. Stay spooky. Stay spooky, friends. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye.